You're listening to a podcast from Columbia Christian Fellowship in Columbia, Pennsylvania. Our services are weekly at 10 a.m. We hope to see you there. celebrating Ray's life with us. The girl's sign sums it up. He loved God and he loved people. I could add one more. He loved God's creation. He was my knight in shining armor. He was my best friend. He wasn't afraid of anything. So when I was with him, I was not afraid of anything. He showed me that he loved me every day in the little things of life. And I have more than enough memories of him to last all of my days. He loved sunrises. And even though I'm not necessarily a morning person, (laughs) on the weekends he would come into my room and um, uh, he made coffee for me and he would put it on the nightstand and he would whisper to me, you gotta come see the sunrise. (laughs) And I would wrap myself up, sometimes reluctantly, (laughs) and I would go and watch the sunrise with him and I never regretted it. I'm going to repeat the verse that Pastor Hub shared. O death, where is your sting? O death, where is your victory? God's word tells us that Ray, because he followed Jesus, has finished his race. And he is in the presence of God. And God fashioned a body, a brand new body for him with his very own hands. And just like my granddaughter Adeline said to me the other day, with so much excitement, she saw that I was sad. And she said, Mama, when you get to heaven, you and Paul can just dance and dance. <laughs> and I had to smile, and I said, yes, indeed, we will. I have a memory to share. The girls, um, we kind of still laugh about this, and I'm kind of curious if anyone here called him by this nickname. Um, um, when he was going somewhere to like the cabin or someplace like that, I would always say, um, be careful, call me when you get there. And he would kind of laugh and he would say, you know what they call me? And I would have to say, cautious Ray Kaufman. And I had to remind him that no, I don't know of anyone that would call him that because (laughs) he has done, he's been known to do crazy things. I'm okay. Okay. Hi. Can you hear me? It truly fills my heart to see so many people here today. 
I know that my dad touched so many lives. Many have shared stories of his kindness and generosity, and it makes me so proud. to be his daughter. I have some big shoes to fill. He was just so kind, and he lended a hand to anybody that ever needed it. One of my earliest memories with my dad was in a field near our house. He had bought me my first rifle. It was a 7mm 08, and we needed to sight it in. I had never really shot anything bigger than a 22, and I was scared. It took me forever to pull the trigger. But he was so patient. Well, I finally did pull the trigger, and the rest is history. We went to the mountains deer hunting together for many years. And I will always cherish those memories. He taught me everything that I know about hunting and the outdoors. He showed me how to slow down and take all of creation in, and I would not be the woman who that I, I am today without him. I have all that knowledge, and nothing can take that away from me. He will forever be in my heart. Because my dad lived a life following Christ, I am comforted knowing that I will see him again. And as my family and I were planning this day, we knew we wanted to celebrate. My dad ran his race to completion and finished victorious. He is in God's glory. And I ask each of you if you have that certainty. My prayer is that if there's anybody here who does not know that peace, that you would search your heart and ask Jesus to be in your life. You can talk to any of us about that if you have any questions. My dad was truly an amazing man. Ray Kaufman, the man, the myth, the legend. Hi, I'm Rachel Welk, uh, the third born and favorite daughter of Ray Kaufman. I cannot believe you guys did not take this opportunity to say that. Okay, um, thank you guys for being here today to celebrate and honor my dad. Uh, it's been a month since my dad entered eternity and at times it still doesn't seem real. I still excitedly look for him when I see a Groff's fan. So if you see a girl in a red F-150, like frantically waving, just please wave to me. Uh, it still seems like he should come walking from behind the garage when I pull into my parents' driveway, repeating those infamous words, come here, I wanna show you something. That was a running joke in our family. Dad always had something to show you, and no matter how busy or tired or initially uninterested you were, you followed him. So I have a story to tell about one of those times. One evening, when my dad and I and my girls were up at the cabin, the topic of porcupines came up. I mentioned that I've only ever seen a porcupine in the zoo and that it was hard to imagine that they live here in these woods. Well, at approximately 5.30 the very next morning, my dad cracks my bedroom door open and speaks those all familiar words. Come here, I wanna show you something. Now. It's still dark out, <laughs> but I got up and I fumbled around looking for my glasses. I couldn't find them, but I just followed him anyway. I thought surely whatever this was that he wanted to show me, I would be able to see from the deck, so I didn't put any shoes on. 
I continued to follow my dad off the deck and down the rocky driveway a bit. My dad stops and he points up into the trees and says, there's a porcupine. No, guys, I am blind without my glasses. The sun isn't even up yet, and I have no idea what I am looking for. I didn't even know that porcupines could climb trees, but my dad was so excited for me to see my first porcupine in the wild that I pretended that I saw it. <laughs> I, never, I have never known a man, a person who loved God and his creation more than my dad. He marveled at those everyday things, the sun rises, some tiny insect, the songs of different birds, he knew them all. He loved creation and he loved people. It was nothing for him to pick up a stranger walking along the road and give them a ride or bring them home to get them something to eat. I remember on more than one occasion, him coming home from work to grab a coat because he gave one of his guys the coat off his back. If you worked with him, you were one of his guys. If there was a need, if there was a need, he found the most practical way to meet it. My dad had such a powerful presence about him. He was tough as nails, firm, dependable, and fearless. And you didn't need to be afraid if you were with him. He would take a bullet or fight a bear for anyone in this room. In the early hours of November 4th, my dad showed that he was truly not afraid of anything as he looked death in the eye with confidence in his eternity. He was confident because more than creation and more than people, my dad loved God. That strength and that assurance only comes from right relationship with Jesus Christ. 2 Corinthians 5, 7 through 9 says, For we walk by faith, not by sight. We are of good courage, I say, and are willing, rather, to be absent from the body and to be home with the Lord. So whether we are here in this body or away from this body, our goal is to please him. My dad walked by faith. He believed the word of God that he didn't need to fear death. For us left here, sight tells us that this is all wrong, that this is just a complete tragedy, that his death was meaningless, that we cannot possibly go on without him. But faith tells us that he finished his race, that these things are for our good that we can fearlessly face whatever tomorrow brings and that our goal in life and in death is to please our great God. Thank you. There's a little theme running here. I didn't hear from my sisters about what they were gonna say, so you're gonna hear some things again. Um, there are a lot of words to describe, to describe my dad, and fearful wasn't one of them. Uh, he wasn't afraid of things in life, but more importantly, he had no fear of death either. One word that I would use to describe my dad is wild. Um, my dad was a wild man. Um, when I was like eight years old, 
we were driving in his truck, and all of a sudden he pulled off the road and um, jumped out of the truck, and I was just left there, and he went running through a field, and I was just like, what is happening? <laughs> and there I look over, and he's got his arms up, he's holding a possum by the tail, <laughs> and just like the biggest smile on his face. And to this day, I have no idea what he did with that possum. I suspect it might have met an untimely death. Um, but he was just a wild man. Um, and even in his last hours, he told his doctor, I am a wild dog and I need to be free. And he is free now, praise the Lord. You could also describe my dad as strong-willed, or some people might call it stubborn. Um, in... Uh, several weeks ago, he came walking into the house kind of out of breath, and we were like, what in the world? And he said, oh, I just pulled this picnic table out of the Conestoga River um, against the current all by himself. And we were like, why? <laughs> and it was just like, because I can. Like, <laughs> because I can? Um, and that was my dad. Um, another word would be sentimental. Uh, if you see the bears that are around here, those are bears that my dad had made last Christmas for all of his grandbabies um, out of his furs that he trapped, and he has um, his voice in them. Uh, he spoke a message to each of his grandbabies individually um, and gave them to them for Christmas. And we had no idea that that, he had no idea, we had no idea that that was going to be his last Christmas with us, um, but God knew, and I'm just so thankful for God's goodness in that, that my, that my, my kids, my nieces and nephews have um, those bears that are really special, even more special now. <clears throat> my dad was also a very selfless man, which they talked about also. He just gave of himself whenever he could, and he never held it over anyone's head. Um, he drove me to the beach to pick up a vehicle that had died and was in um, a shop that needed repaired and it was going to be there for like three days. He just texted me, um, you know, I have like a whole slew of kids and so I couldn't figure out how I was going to make this work with our situation. And he just texted me and said, hey, I can drive you down. I'm like, okay. So he just drove me down to the beach for three hours just to pick up my pilot and turn around and come back. And then that was just that. It was never mentioned again, just like no big deal because that's who my dad was. Um, many of you um, probably also might know my dad is feisty a little bit. Um, he stood for what he believed in and sometimes it might have ruffled some feathers. Um, but he didn't care what anybody thought about him or what he had or what he did. He drove what he wanted. You saw the Jeep out there. Um, he wore what he wanted to, and he said what was in his heart. <clears throat> when I was at Lowe's with my dad about a year ago, he just randomly started talking to this stranger in the parking lot about God and then asked if he was a believer, and um, the guy was, actually. And I, but I just remember standing back and thinking, wow, that was really bold. And I was just, like, so proud to be his daughter. I could go on for a really long time talking about my dad because he was just the best. Um, <clears throat> but what I really want to say is this. One of the last conversations that I had with my dad, I had the privilege of being in the hospital um, with him for a little while. 
my dad and I talked about his days being numbered by the Lord and the Lord only, not the doctors, um, not the nurses, not any medication he was going to take, but that God has his days numbered and um, that we can rest in that. And he looked at me. I told him, I said, don't make any decisions based on fear. Just pray and decide and then we move forward. And um, he, he said, I am not afraid. And I have to admit, um, I was a little bit because I saw the strongest man that I've ever known in my entire life in a way that I, it was hard to see him that way. But he had no fear in death. And it was so clear to me in that moment. And here's the most important thing. My dad's ability to welcome death readily wasn't because he was wild or strong-willed or loving or selfless or strong. He could welcome death confidently because he knew Jesus as the Lord and ruler of his life. He knew Jesus, the Son of God, as his Savior. And nothing else matters when we come to the end of our lives. Every single one of us in this room is going to die one day and meet the creator of the universe that my dad so often boasted about. The Bible says there's the one way to heaven, and it's through salvation by the grace of God through Jesus Christ. And so despite my dad's sins, and if you've known him for a long time, I know I met some of you that have known him maybe 30 years ago, <laughs> despite his sins and his shortcomings and his days that he has walked out, closer and closer to the Lord toward the ends of his days. But despite his sins, my dad is now in heaven with the Lord, and I have full assurance in that. So my question for each one of you is when you die, not if you die, but when you die, because that day will come, will you be able to face death with that confidence? And if you don't know Jesus as your Savior, please talk to someone here, or my pastor, my mom, any of the people that helped you park, I think, because this world will pass away sooner than expected, sooner than expected for many of us. Just like my dad passed away sooner than we ever would have known. But there's assurance and abundant life here on earth and for eternity in the presence of God, and you can know that too. So please, don't let my dad's, vain, my dad's death be in vain because you can know and you can see him again in heaven. We are so glad to be able to celebrate my dad's life, not just his life on earth that we had him this time here, but his eternal life here with you guys today. And we're gonna open up a time for you guys to share memories um, or ways that he impacted your life. <clears throat> it has brought us over the last month a lot of joy just to hear about how my dad influenced your life. Um, and we would love to hear. So please, if you um, want, you can kind of like line up along the sides at the pillars and then just filter in um, one by one. Please speak into the mic because we are recording um, for our family to be able to just reminisce and remember how my dad has impacted um, others through his life. So I wanted to open with scripture from James 1, 2 to 4. Consider it great joy, my brothers and sisters, when you consider encounter various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance. And let endurance have its perfect result, 
is that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. For people, everyone that doesn't know me, um, my name is Andy Welk. I'm married to Rachel. Um, just like my wife said, she was the third daughter. I'm the third son-in-law, and I'm also the favorite. So <laughs> just throwing that out there, you know, you know, also. I see you over there. Um, so I was asked to share one particular story about Ray, or cautious Ray Kaufman, as I jokingly called him, or Paul Paul, as I called him. But rest assured, there's many, many, many stories I could share in the short time that I knew him, which was about, only about 11 to 12 years. The one story I was asked to share was about the first time I went with Ray to clear traps. We got in his Jeep, and he said, well, I need to tell you something. Right? <laughs> if there's something that you see out here, and you don't feel that you can handle it, no shame in looking away. In my head, I'm like, what on earth is this guy talking about? <laughs> Something that I couldn't handle that's going to turn my stomach and I need to look away. I mean, I've been a paramedic at that time for almost 15 years. So we got to the first trap, and there was a fox in the trap. Ray said, you walk directly behind me. We walk out and in the exact same way. Don't spit on the ground. Fair enough, but I was still thinking, what is going to happen that could turn my stomach? As we approached the fox, Ray had a stick, I mean a thick stick, in his left hand, and he's holding up his right hand and shaking it in the air. The fox looks at the right hand and pop! Stick out of the left hand hits the fox on the head, knocking it out cold. While my stomach didn't turn and I didn't look, to look away, I learned a valuable lesson. Teddy Roosevelt said, walk with a big stick and speak quietly. Ray said, walk with a stick in your left hand and don't be distracted by the right one. <laughs> Another quick story is when my mom passed away, Ray sent me a text message after the service and said, I'm proud to have you as a brother in Christ. I'm proud to have Ray as my brother in Christ and he remained faithful truly remained faithful until the very, very end. I can only imagine the glory when he arrived and God said, welcome, my good and faithful servant. Today, we celebrate the life of John, which I never called him that, but J. Ray Kaufman. We know where you will be spending eternity. We know he loved our Lord. We know that he was humble and a good and faithful servant. What he leaves is a huge legacy, a legacy that's hard to fill. For me, he showed me how I should love my wife. He loved Don Marie with all his heart and soul. He showed me to love the land and leave the land better when you leave than when you found it. Most importantly, he showed... I should have made this bigger font. <laughs> Most importantly, he I was trying to keep it small. Most importantly, he showed me that we all need to love the Lord. It is in times like these that we can be assured that God is with us. He loves us. And even though we may not like it, but we need to remain faithful 
that God's plan is perfect. On behalf of the family, too, thank you, everyone, for coming, and God bless. This is Adeline. She wanted to share a story about Paw Paw. When I was at a place, Papa said, would you like to go fishing? And I just went fishing with him. Yeah, we were at a parade, and they were throwing out candy. And uh, Papa said, hey, Adeline, there's a stream back here. Do you want to go fishing? And she said, yep. And they went, and they caught fish, right? You caught fish with Papa. Hi, I'm Brandon. I'm married to Tiffany. Um, Andy mispronounced, he got the name wrong with favorite son-in-law. He should have said Brandon, not Andy. Uh, Ray taught me so many things, and so many people here he's taught things to. He taught me how to sharpen a knife, um, taught me how to dress a deer. He taught me how to be a man without pretense a man that didn't need to put on a front of being some macho man. He showed me loving God makes you a man. Loving Jesus Christ makes you a man. A story that I wanted to share was, um, Tiffany shared one that was similar. We were up in the mountains. It was about two and a half hours away, and one of the many times that we were up there, our vehicle died. Many times our vehicles died up there. Our vehicle died up there two and a half hours away, and we had, like, I didn't know what to do. I'm her husband, so now it's my job to figure something out. What am I going to do? And she just said, we'll call my dad. And to me, that was crazy to think that, like, why would we ask, why would we inconvenience someone else to do something like that? Drive two and a half hours one way to come pick you up and then figure out what else you're going to do. But we did it, and he came. No problem. That actually happened a couple times that he drove all the way up to the mountains to save us. And never once did he make us feel like we owed him something. I didn't know that kind of a relationship before I met her family, before I met Ray. I didn't know about someone doing something for you like that and them not making you feel like you owed them something. There was no feeling like that at all. It was, it was amazing. I remember meeting him and and I know some of you know him from much longer ago, so this might sound a little, a little different, but I remember being so astonished that he, he was so emotionally steady. Like, he could get, he, you could tell he would be upset, but he wasn't, he, he could get his point across without yelling. I didn't know men like that that could communicate without yelling or freaking out, or, but he was able to talk about things passionately, but not not get worked up, not allow his emotions to take control. He showed me how to be able to be a man, communicate effectively, how to have conversations with people who disagree with everything that you stand for. Ray could have a conversation with someone who is anti-everything that he was, and it, at least to start off with, have it very civil and respectful. It was just so astonishing. Um, and I just agree with everything that's been said so far. I know exactly where he is, and it's only because of his relationship with Christ, only because he uh, left us one of the, really the best gift that you can leave your family when you die is evidence of your salvation in Christ. 
my wife shared that uh, a couple Sundays ago at church, that, that was the, that's the best gift that you can possibly leave someone, is letting your family know that you know where you're going. Thank you. My name's Dan. I'm a member here at Columbia Christian Fellowship. I've only known Ray a little over 10 years. And each and every year and month and day that I would spend with Ray, you'd learn something different. You know, people could stand up here and tell story after story after story, and more than likely, none of them are going to be the same, but all have similarities. Um, Ray was probably one of the most selfless men I've ever met. It's a beautiful man, loves God, loves his family. I think all 38 grandkids are here. <laughs> um, I say that affectionately because if you know anything about Ray, it didn't matter whose kid it was. He'd always pick them up and probably sneak them candy, <laughs> you know, give them a hug, watch them. He's one of the few men that I've ever known that would able to calm a baby down. It was just amazing, absolutely amazing. Pastor Hub called him Z. A couple people said cautious Ray Kaufman. We would have a meeting once a month with the Monos boys that come from next door for service. He called himself Skinny Santa. <laughs> so I referred to him to Skinny Santa for a while. Um, been thinking a lot about what to say and you know how he's affected me he's just an amazing man and I just love him to death and um, since I've only known Ray for 10 years I don't know many many years ago what he looked like when he got mad okay but I'm gonna show you happy and mad here's Ray happy Here's Ray mad. <sighs> the only difference is the sigh. That's it. That's all I ever saw. I don't know if anyone knows any different, but and nine times out of ten, the first person I'd see Monday morning is Ray. And he'd say, God loves you, brother, and it's a great day. It's always a great day. And the only other thing I want to add, because i finding out that it's not very unique. Apparently, he would tell it to everybody. Well, my wife and I used to live at a farmhouse um, on Locust Grove Road, actually right over here. And uh, we had a few parties there in church and friends and all kinds of people showed up. Well, Ray would always, and it's funny, Ray would always park in front of the house where I had everybody parked. The party was out back and Ray would have the Jeep or something, and he'd look at me, and I'd just nod my head, and, man, he went right over in the embankment and down, and she's like, oh, you're going to ruin it. You're going to, you know, uh, turn over. You're going to roll the car. Nope, just go ahead, Ray, and he, he loved doing all that stuff. But one day he showed up, and I was in the second floor. Stacy yells up, 
She said, Dan. I said, yeah. She said, somebody's here. They've got something to show you. And I'm walking down the steps going, that's got to be Ray. And he was so proud to show me that coyote that he trapped over in Millersville that uh, I, I, he stopped to see me. I'm, I was just so blessed to know him, become friends with him, to know him as a man and as a friend. He's got a beautiful family, and I'm going to miss his wisdom. Love you, Ray. I wasn't going to come up, but I just can't not come up because I have so many great memories of Ray. And Dan stole one of mine, but I'm going to go on with it anyway. Ray loved babies, and he loved the kids in the church, and we had this little competition going. Can I get to them first, or will Ray get to them first? Well, he started putting candy in his pockets. Well, no wonder they went to him first. So, but Ray was a lot of fun with the kids. He really was. And one of the things I think I'm going to miss the most is having him greet me outside. It was the hardest thing driving up that first Sunday and not having Ray standing on the porch to give us a hug and to say hi to my grandkids. Um, the other story I have is about trapping. We had a groundhog problem in our yard, and so Ray came. We, they were eating our garden. Ray came, and he put a trap down, and I think we caught squirrels, and then we caught a skunk, and Ray showed us how to, to take the skunk out, and he came and got it and put that cloth over it and took it out and put it in the car. And the next thing we caught was a possum, and he took it out by the scruff of the neck, and I go, oh, my gosh, I want to bite you, and he goes, if this, if this possum bites me, I'm, he said, I'm, I'm kind of dumb because a possum should never be able to bite you. So I said, what are we going to do with it? And he shook it and he threw it <laughs> up the alley from our house. And I said, it will come back. And he goes, oh, no, it's too stupid. It won't find its way back here. So we were always learning something from Ray. I have to, and the other thing, my last memory is I remember my last conversation with him. And it was the Sunday before he got sick. And it was on kids, <laughs> believe it or not. He said to me, do you know the difference between boys and girls? And I'm like, where are we going with this? <laughs> and he expounded on boys liking guns, girls liking baby dolls. And so we had this great conversation. And I thought, Ray, we're on the same page. <laughs> so I, I'm really I'm going to miss my brother Ray. But I'm thankful I'm going to get to see him again. And I praise the Lord for that. So I just love you guys, and we'll be here for you. Good afternoon. My name's Raymond Keck. I'm a member of the small, secluded church outside of Columbia. We're a band of believers looking for lost souls, looking over this crowd today. Ray did his job. I ask myself, why am I up here? I'm here to celebrate his life. And my heart has reasons that reason does not understand. When the heart speaks, glory itself is an illusion. His life is over, but never forgotten. It's a terrible thought that nothing is ever forgotten.
words uttered that continue to vibrate through all of time. We are stricken by a memory, sometimes an old thought, rushes back on us as vivid as it was in the time of our daily talk, when his presence gladdened my eyes, when he would excite each of us with his hug or reveal stories to us in the great outdoors. He loves sharing and spending a weekend at his beloved cabin in Snyder County. And spending a weekend was one of the things he tried to do all the time, but he always ended up getting back here to church on time also on Sundays. He was up there experiencing God's creation or sitting on the porch drinking his tea, watching the sun rise above the ridge into the valley below. I had the opportunity to see his jewels in the woods. He pointed out the frequently used deer paths below the cabin, the telltale sign that a fox or a fisher had passed through and also some of his stories, and I had a, two or three chances to go out with him to check his traps, which was unique. I remember him slamming on his brakes in the vehicle one day just to see a muskrat. That brought back fine memories during our youth when we both started to trap and how excited we both became seeing one again, which was almost extinct today. I had the opportunity to be with him in his duck blind, built in a secluded area on the Conestoga River, a place he would go to just sit and say nothing, watching nature reveal itself in front of him. The day was special for me I talked about retirement and how my life had changed. And he was not bashful, giving me the day and the hour that he was going to retire. Even though he loved his job and the people he worked with and the employer. This was the last time I spent a private time with my friend before he passed. I only had the opportunity opportunity to know Ray for seven years, and that's when I first came here to this wonderful church. I wish it would have been more to share our passion of the outdoors and talk about God's creation. Not knowing that Ray in his last week asked Brandon, his favorite son-in-law, to take me back to the duck blind because he knew it meant so much to me. A new friendship that was already beginning to grow was ready to blossom so we could help each other after he was gone from this world. To the family, 
Parting is death, at least as far as this life is concerned. The friendship comes to an end. It's carried off, it drops out of life one way or another, and the earth clods close over it, and we see it no more. I feel that the sound, the soul, is indestructible, and that its activity will continue through eternity. It seems like the sun, which to our eyes seems to set at night, but it has in reality only gone to diffuse its light elsewhere. We are born for a higher destiny than that of earth. There is a realm, realm in heaven with our maker where the rainbows never fade, where the wildlife is abundant, where the stars will be spread out before us silently one by one like the forgot-me-not of the angels, which he experienced when he looked up into the heavens, trying to comprehend our existence. Now he's looking down with all the secrets that we ask that is only known by him and God and we're the, we're the beings that pass before us like shadows will stay in our presence forever. I love you, Ray Kaufman. I'm Sonny. I'm Dawn's brother, her older brother, older brother, and she was the older sister, so you can imagine that relationship. It was a little crazy sometimes, but we got through, right? We're actually up here singing praises and worship together nowadays. But I'm listening to all these stories here, and I'm thinking, wow, how do you, how, what, do you, what do you come up with? Because everything that you know ready to be is what you've, you've heard. And actually, Andy stole my, one of my stories, except the only difference between your story about the fox and mine is my fox is a little bit older than what your fox was. Because <laughs> <clears throat> the same thing happened to me exactly, and he almost said the, uh, the same thing to me. You know what I mean? And he's walking towards this animal. What's he going to do? You know, I'm sitting here just watching, and all of a sudden, and it's like, whoa. <laughs> but that was, that was my brother-in-law. So, I mean, I have had so many, so many things and so many stories because I've known Ray for a long time. And um, one, of, one of the stories I, I know that stands out in my mind is we used to, we worked together. As, we, were, we were carpenters together. And we were working in Hershey. And one day he just flies off the road. He gets pulled over on the side of the road. And he says, let's go fishing. And I'm thinking, I don't, have a, I, don't have a, I don't have anything to fish with. Don't worry about it. I got everything we need. And Craig and I are like, oh, man, we got to go fishing? But then from then on, it was like we made sure all, everything was packed in the, in the car and made sure that we could go fishing with Ray in case he would do that again. So, I mean, there's just so many things. I mean, I, my heart is just filled with joy knowing who Ray was. When I came back as a prodigal son about 12, 13 years ago, I remember Ray behind me as I was giving my life back to God. He was back there just shouting and hooting. I mean, it was just like, it was like I had this, this whole choir behind me, you know, as I was coming back. So I praise God for that, you know what I mean? Because that, that is something that I'm going to miss, but I am so happy knowing where my brother-in-law is at today. 
And, and it's changed a lot of things that I'm thinking about in my own life. Um, I mean, just the way he was, it was just, I, you know, I was telling my wife the other day, you know, I, I think of the times that him and I were together, and I, I don't ever remember anything mean coming from him. You knew when he was mad. You know, somebody shared that, too, because there was that sigh. I think Dan shared that. You know, you always knew when he was mad, but he would never really come at, come at anybody, you know. So there's a lot to be learned with this Ray fella. You know, as I stand up here and, and, and do worship, you know, I remember him standing right here at this pillar, and he'd be leaning on that pillar, and I'd think to myself, that's Samson holding that pillar up. <laughs> I mean, it was just, he was just like this bigger-than-life guy. I mean, it was just so wonderful having him and growing up with him. as a bro- And we did grow up together a lot, right? <laughs> Don, Don can contest to that. Because um, sometimes when I would come down the road, Don would say, oh, no, Sonny's coming down the road. But, you know, what a wonderful man. And he's going to be so missed. I mean, I just love him to death. He's going to be so missed. We just praise God for his soul. And like everyone has said, you know, if you don't know who Christ is, well, I'll tell you what, he is in a good place today. So I'm just so happy to know that. And that's, that's going to, you know, I, I actually am kind of, you know, it's like, whoa. You know, what about me, Lord? But I, 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 don't, think, I don't think I'm done yet. <laughs> So, but praise God for that. Thank you. Um, I'm Hans. I'm the first son-in-law. That's about all I got. But uh, <laughs> Ray taught me a lot. I mean, he, he got me into trapping, uh, got me into predator hunting, got me into timber framing, got me into groffs. Um, and uh, introduced me to Amy. I, there's, there's so many stories that I have of hunting with him and trapping with him that I can't even begin to, to start. Um, yeah, he left a legacy with everyone in this room, and that's the only way I can think of to honor him is just never to forget and to know with peace and assuredness that he is indeed in heaven with his old hunting buddies and Pap doing it up. I'm done. Too short for this. Um... I would call Papa the manliest man, man I've ever met. He was not afraid of anything. I mean, literally, he, you could, like, hey, there's a bear out there, be careful. N- nope, N- wouldn't give one crap. And there's three things that he would not be caught without. Pocket knife, tea, and his Altoids. <laughs> he loved his cinnamon Altoids so much. I love them too. And there's this one memory of, I think it was two years ago, at the cabin. And we were on the trapping trail. We were in his Jeep, and 
we came up on some ice, and he had started to swerve, and he went, holy mackerel. I mean, I was like, he's not scared of all, at all. And I was just sitting there, like, <laughs> waiting for us to, like, roll over or something. But I have so many good memories with him. I can't even name them all. That's about all I have. Um, greetings. I encountered Ray as a client, a customer at Groff's. Um, and it was back in January when um, I was getting, going to be getting some work done and he had to draw up a proposal. So when he came to do measurements and um, there was an opportunity for some conversation and um, it was a time when it was a lot going on um, between like a lot of un racial unrest and also with everything with the pandemic and many churches that were closed at the time. But I um, just brought a portion of an email that he had sent to me um, and it was, he had the proposal ready for the work that I needed to get done. I wanted to say thank you so much for giving this opportunity. This quote is for the master bathroom, but it would be the same for the hall bath. Okay, now, and I'm gonna put my own words right here because when I read, okay, now, it's almost like, let's get to the real business at hand. And what he went on to say was, I also wanted to say that I really enjoyed talking with you today. To hear your words gave me a renewed hope that we, as Americans and as God's people, have a future. Second Chronicles 7.14 is what came to mind as we talked. To hear the news talk, we are broken and cannot be repaired, that you and I have nothing in common. So again, thank you for talking to me. And I would like to invite you to church if yours is not meeting in person. It is a fully spirit-filled, Bible-believing church. And I just want to uh, finish by saying as I'll acknowledge that as a quiet person and kind of an introvert, it was a little hard for me to come here today. Like, um, you know, I don't know anybody. I've never been here before. And especially now knowing that the person that extended the invitation, at least that wouldn't be a familiar face to see. But just on a few interactions, it was very evident to me that yes, he, was a, he provided service through Groff, but more important what I could see is that he was a, a servant of God. And in spite of my quietness and being an introvert, I pressed my way here to know that a life of someone like Ray would be celebrated. Thank you for the opportunity to share. I'm Danny Dagan. I had the uh, awesome pleasure of working with Ray. It seemed like forever. I think ever since Ray worked at Gross, we worked together. I have so many stories I could share, but I decided to write something down just so I could stay focused. And uh, in celebrating uh, the life of Ray, I am drawn to uh, Galatians 5.22. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, 
joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, and faithfulness. This describes my friend Ray. Ray loved his family, co-workers, and customers. Ray found much joy in helping people and knowing his eternal future. Ray worked hard to be a peaceful man. Ray's patience, well, <laughs> Ray's patience, he was getting to that. <laughs> uh, Ray's kindness, second to none. Ray's goodness, well, Ray, that, that's what Ray was. He was a good man. And all of you know his faithfulness and his faith that Ray had, especially in the shed blood of Jesus Christ. You see, I knew Ray for 30 years. It started at Mountville Mennonite Church, and it continued at Groff's. A relationship that continued to grow stronger and stronger over the years. But the, the past five years are very, very special to me. Proverbs 27:17 says, As iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. That's the relationship that me and Ray got to experience the last five years. As two fellow believers of Jesus Christ, and knowing we, failed, we fall short of the mark, we relentlessly held each other accountable. Ray never judged, always encouraged, and, loved, and we loved each other. And we encourage each other to get back up on our feet. I can remember a time being away from home and Ray called me. Are you, are, are you on your best behavior? That was Ray. This, this, sign, this sign hung on Ray's office door as COVID debates spread widely. It says, this is what was on his door. Make sure you test positive for faith. Keep your distance from doubt. And isolate yourself from fear. Trust in God through it all. Amen. Ephesians 2.8 tells us, For grace we have been saved through faith, a gift from God. This was raised faith. John 3.16 explains God's love and his gift to us. That was Ray's, that, that was Ray. He fully accepted that. If by chance, like the family said, you are here today and you have never received the gift that Ray held so dearly, please don't leave here today without full understanding of this gift. That is what the Ray I loved would want the most. My name is Art Williams and uh, I serve here at this church also. Uh, I've, I have so many fond memories of Ray. Uh, Ray was definitely a man who really loved God. Uh, I know coming into the church first thing in the morning when he was a greeter, you know, they say that the first, the first, uh, uh, the first thing that you see when you come into the church is the last thing that you remember. And when I would walk into the door and he would be right there at the steps and have his cup in his hand and, you know, he would give you a hug in the morning, you know, 
that made you feel good because sometimes, you know, we all need a hug every once in a while. Some, we all go through certain things in our lives and, you know, you just need that hug, that, that, that hug, that bonding to help you and strengthen you. And I re always remember that about him. And also, uh, I sing with Dawn in the worship band. And uh, I can always, this is something that I'll never forget. I used to remember on Saturday mornings when Sonny would be getting us ready for, to sing our, our worship songs. Ray would come through the back door on Saturday mornings with a bowl of food in his hand. I'm like, wow, he's got food in his hand. And he would bring it up and give it to his wife, Dawn, before we were practicing and stuff. And I thought that was extraordinary because that is a true significance of a true man when he can be a servant to others but also be a servant to his wife and love his family. And also, I can remember one day coming out of church, you know, we had just got done with worship, and... Uh, he was outside with the kids. He was holding them. You know, he just loved children. You could see Christ in his life of how he, he just loved. He just loved everybody. So as I was coming out, out of the church, coming down the steps, he had his back to me, and he was talking to the kids, and he had something in his hand. I didn't know what it was, you know. So I started coming down the steps, and he said, here, Art, look at this. It was a snake. I don't like snakes. <laughs> I said, okay, man, I'll see you. I'll see you later. I'll see you later. He said, oh, it won't hurt you. Come on, just look at it. But, uh, yeah, I, I tell you, he was, he's definitely a man of all men. He's a man of integrity, a man who loved God. A man was, a, as, was as an example to all of us other men to, to follow him as he followed Christ. And I'm so grateful to know him. He was definitely a gift from a God. His family is a definitely a gift from God. And we just love them, and we're here to support them too. And we just appreciate that God had allowed each one of us to share his life because he touched us, each one of us, in a certain way. Because you look at this room, and you see all this love in this room. And that's amazing. When I walked in, I was like, wow, that man, you know. And, and, and you think about Jesus, all the lives that he touched how he drew people. He said, they say, you will know a Christian by his love. And it is definitely displayed here today. So I just wanted to, I, I, would, I couldn't even sit down without saying that about him because he was definitely a true warrior of God who loved God, who loved his family, who loved his grandchildren. 38, I didn't know he had 38, but praise God for that. So yeah, thank you very much. Wow, what a legacy that man left. Man, I got a lot of work to do to, I don't even know this many people and stuff, so I have a lot of work to do to build my legacy up to match his. He set the bar high. And, and I really I, I really loved, you know, Ray and Dawn and stuff, and I know me and my, my, myself and Melissa went to a Casting Crown concert with them, and, and, and one of the wild things, I mean, we played the song tonight, and I thought of it when first time we met, you know, praise you in the storm, and I actually w looked this way and watched Ray worship to it, and it was just an awesome sight and stuff, so. But one of the great memories I have, every time I have a tear in my eye or start getting frowned or something, I mean, just take a moment and, and close your eyes and see Ray sitting on, on, uh, in the streets of gold, and what's he doing? He's petting a fox. You know, he has a mink on his shoulder. He has a big bear coming up and just resting 
I mean, he's just there with all the animals he trapped. He, he's there with them live now and just hugging and, you know, with all these animals. And every time I think of that, it just brings a smile to my face and stuff and say, yeah, I'm going to see that someday because I'm going to meet with him. You know, and when I get up there, I'll see Brad petting all the animals. So, you know, that, that's a thought that you should, I mean, you know, just think of that, you know, just take the tears away and, and, and just put a smile on your face. Thank you. Hello, I'm Jen Moore, and a lot of these people know me as Jenny Funk. Um, I'm going to tell you a little bit about Ray as he was like a dad to me and probably like a dad to many of you. Um, I grew up doing sports with Tiffany, especially we did soccer together. I was the goalie and she was my sweeper. And um, Ray was at all of our games from what I remember. Um, and my mom always worked, so whenever she worked on the weekend, then I would always be with Ray and Tiffany for the other time. And one of the memories I have is having a tournament up in the Poconos with soccer. Of course, we couldn't stay you know, at a regular hotel, we had to go camping. So, so, te so I think probably one of my first camping trips was with Ray Kaufman. And he took us camping for the weekend. We had two or three, I don't know how many games we had for the whole weekend, but we slept out in this tent and all of a sudden it started pouring. And I'm like, oh no. Well, it poured so hard that everything started lifting up and our and our sleeping bags started getting wet and everything. He's like, girls, you guys need to get in the car. So he shoves us to the car, and we sleep in the car the whole night. Tiffany was in the back, I was in the front, and he slept in the tent and got wet the whole entire night so that we could sleep in the car. Um, another, I think, from that same weekend was he took us whitewater rafting, because you guys know he was a wild man. <laughs> So, um, so we did whitewater rafting, and of course, there was definitely some rapids, and we flipped the raft, and so Ray had to come and rescue me as I was floating down the Susquehanna. So that was another fun time. Um, but my last, um, I guess, three things that I really felt like for Ray was he was always present. My dad wasn't always present in my younger years, and so he was a dad that was present um, and just like Jesus is always present with us um, he was loving like I didn't come from a touchy-feely family but guess what once you met Ray Kaufman you always had a big smile and a big hug so I will always remember that of him um, and the other thing I remember is the last time I got to see him um, was literally about two weeks before he died. He ran a mile with me um, for a healthy kids running series our kids were in. And of course, Tiffany was expecting a child, and so he offered to fill in for her so she didn't have to run. And he's like, Jen, we've got this. I'm like, yeah, maybe you do, but I haven't <laughs> run for a long time. But he was always optimistic, always smiling, um, just a genuine person. And I just really appreciate that I got the chance to know him and his family. Hello, my name's Matthew. Um, or you could just call me Uncle Ray's favorite nephew. Uh, uh, I get nervous in front of people, so just bear with me. Um, Uncle Ray was a manly man of God. Uh, I miss him so much. I love him. I have one particular story I could tell you. Uh, I was probably about eight years old, 
We were up in the mountains, and, uh, you know, I was a goofball, and I always picked on other people, the adults, and he started running after me, and he could not catch me, because I was faster than him, so I thought. So about 10, 15 minutes later, I forgot all about it, and he ended up catching me, and he put me up to a tree, and my stepdad and him duct taped me to a tree. <laughs> and, I was, and I was crying because I couldn't breathe. <laughs> but he was so compassionate and loving, and I miss him so much, and that's all I have. My name is Matt Fry. <laughs> Sorry for scarring you, Matt. I'm the stepdad that grabbed him. <laughs> but anyhow, some of my, uh, so many memories with Ray. The best times were up in the mountains, Ray's town. We raised the kids. We were up there almost every weekend. Loved it. Loved hunting with him. Got more great stories than I can even remember in the last 30 years with Ray. Like one particular time, a deer was coming right at me. I thought, oh, this is gravy. I hear a shot, and the deer slides into my ladder stand. I looked at it, and I'm like, what are you doing? He goes, well, you didn't think I was going to let you shoot that, did you? I'm like, you know. But, uh, yeah, Ray, I'm going to miss him. He loved his kids. Loved you, Dawn. But he adored them grandkids. Oh, I thought I, had, you know, I thought I'd get some more stories in, but uh, it's just amazing to see how many people loved Ray and showed up for him. Thank you. Hello, uh, I'm Stephen, and I had the opportunity to get to know Ray uh, through the church here. Him and Dawn would uh, sit behind me every service, and he was always handing out the candy to the kids, but the time I remember the, the most is when uh, Lamanish, it was spring, and Lamanish clients were uh, kinda a little upset that we didn't have enough staff over there to take them out and throw the football around. And when Ray heard this, he volunteered himself to, hey, do you think I could go out there and throw the football around with the guys? And I don't know if that ever happened, but that's the kind of Ray. That's the kind of Ray I know. I had any any need with anybody, he would step up and try to fulfill that. Yeah, he's going to be greatly missed, but I'm so thankful we'll be able to see him again. Hi, everybody. My name is Brian. I thought I had some good stories, but you guys got lots of stories. I've known Ray. Dawn, I thought about this when we were talking on the phone the other day. I knew Ray for 36 years. And I sat back. And man, the first 15 years, we did hunting, we did fishing, we did trapping. All that stuff that everybody got to do. Tiffany, <laughs> I changed your diaper. <laughs> and... Uh, I like to split this up as generations. I mean, I knew Ray like the first generation. Um, like I said, the kids, they were yay tall. Rachel, <laughs> I remember giving you a teddy bear. Um, but now I see the second generation with all you guys. 
Um, it is amazing. Um, he was definitely, definitely a great guy. Um, I guess I knew the wild part of Ray. We won't get into those stories. Um, but we worked together. We, we did everything together. Um, when I had the chance, could always go over to Ray's house. Dawn was making hot pepper mustard and the pies and all that stuff. And Ray said, hey, we need to go fishing, but we got to figure out how to get out of here without getting in trouble. I said, well, let's just go tell them we're going to look at a side job, you know. But, uh, yeah, it was a lot of good times. Um, it was definitely a shock to me as well. I moved away and only get to see him every other year when I come up to visit family. Um, but I'm definitely going to miss him myself. Um, I don't know that I've accepted it yet, but uh, he'll be missed. And I hope I don't lose touch with you guys. So that's about all I have. Hello, I'm Stephen. I've known Ray for a while through this church. Uh, first of all, I'm not buying the cautious Ray Kaufman thing. <laughs> I, I'll tell you a story about that. But uh, first thing, uh, all his favorite son-in-laws and daughters, I got Ray to wear a tie. <laughs> and uh, so, but uh, yeah, I can remember a story I wanted to share, two stories I want to share. One was... Uh, Ray told me one time that he was going bear hunting and he wanted to hunt this bear like the uh, pioneers did. And he was, so he was going to go hunt this bear with a homemade bow and a homemade arrows. And I told him, I said, Ray, the only thing you're going to do is make the bear mad. <laughs> you know? But uh, so he was going to do it. And then uh, I don't know if it was the same season or the next year or anything. He told me he got his bear. And I was surprised that he was still alive, you know. <laughs> but uh, he said he got it the modern way. He shot the bear. So I said, good for you. The other story, uh, he invited, Don and Ray invited Deborah and I to their cabin. So we're all, we're following them up in the car. And it wasn't too bad. We're going, we keep going up into the mountain. And it keeps getting darker and darker. But... We finally get there, and then we stay overnight, and then the next day, I believe it was the next day, but anyway, we go. He said he wants to take us to this place. I forget the name. I wish I could remember the name because it was beautiful. And, uh, but we kept on driving, and I'm figuring this is going, we're five minutes away from this place, but we're driving and driving and driving, and we keep going further and further up in the mountain, and it starts to snow. And we keep going, and there's more and more snow on the ground. So we finally get to this place, and you could tell it had already snowed quite a bit. It was icy. What is it, Piscow? Yeah, Mount Piscow. Uh, if you ever get a chance, go there. It's beautiful. Um, but anyway, so on the way back from there, you know, someone said about nothing scared Ray. Well, I'm not Ray. <laughs> okay, so we're going down the opposite side of this mountain. And the roads are getting worse and worse. So we get to this one road, and I mean, this is a steep hill, a steep grade. And it is pure ice. And this is, um, this is no exaggeration. It was pure ice. And it was probably three, four inches thick. 
So we stop at the top of this hill, and we see, because down at the bottom, or halfway down the hill, there's a sharp turn, and there was a van down there that was in a ditch. So I'm just wondering how we're going to get down there. But Ray, being Ray, pulls off to the side, and we walk, him and I, he says, come on. He says, okay, Ray. So we walk down, and we help these people get out of the ditch that they're in. So then we walk back up the hill. Well, he goes back up the hill. I'm, I'm staying down there, so I'm figuring I'm safe. <laughs> so, but without thinking or anything, I'm thinking, how's he going to get down this hill? He just drives a Jeep into the ditch and just bounces it down in and out of the ditch all the way down to the hill till we get to the dry part. And then we just we go off. And that was Ray. I mean, and I'm going to miss that man. We went for a walk with my grandson, and I figured we were just going to go for a walk. And we were walking down the back area here to the grotto. He wanted to go down and show the, my grandson, he's four years old, and show him the toads in the grotto down there jumping into the water. But on the way down, he's pointing out all these flowers and the ones you can eat, the ones that will stop itching, you know, if you get... Uh, you know, any kind of bite or something on there, and you just rub this flower on there, and I'll stop itching. And it's just amazing, and that's what I'm going to miss most about him is, you know, the man, he just knew everything. He, was, he could tell you about everything. And I often think that's who, I'm 69 years old, and I always think that, you know, I want to know as much as he does when I grow up. You know, <laughs> I love that man. I just wanted to share something in closing and then pray. Um, we don't know all of the reasons now that God chose to take Ray home, but we, there's lots of things that we can have faith in. Um, one of them is, what shape is the moon, Daniel? What is it? Round. The moon is round. The moon is always round. No matter what the moon looks like, the moon is always round. God is always good no matter what it looks like. I wanted to share from the Passion Translation in 1 Peter. Celebrate with praises the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has shown us his extravagant mercy, for his fountain of mercy has given us a new life. We are reborn to experience a living, energetic hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. We are reborn into a perfect inheritance that can never perish, never be defiled, and never diminish. It is promised and preserved forever in the heavenly realm for you. Through our faith, the mighty power of God constantly guards us until our full salvation is ready to be revealed in the last time. May the thought of this cause you to jump for joy, even though lately you've had to put up with the grief of many trials. But these only reveal the sterling core of your faith, which is far more valuable than gold that perishes, for even gold is refined by fire. Your authentic faith will result in even more praise, glory, and honor when Jesus, the Anointed One, is revealed. You love him passionately, although you do not see him, but through believing in him, you are saturated with an ecstatic joy 
indescribably sublime and immersed in glory. For you are reaping the harvest of your faith, the full salvation promised you, your soul's victory. Father, you're good, and you're always good. You were good when Ray was running through the mountains catching animals. You were good when Ray was in the hospital, and you're good now, and you're going to be good in the future. All of your purposes are good. And of course we can't fathom them all right now, Lord. But we trust in you, and we praise you for your goodness, and we praise you for the promises in your word that we're clinging to, especially in these times where we have nothing else but your promises. All praise to you, Father. All praise to you. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to our weekly message. To connect with us, visit our website at blesscolumbia.org.